going on, people? So people forget that podcast with myself, Ryan, and as always, Kevin. What's going on, Kevin? What's up? What what is going on? How is life? Happy to be here. I uh, I was walking in. I guess you could. It's like people call it hiking, but it's not really a hike. It's just like a trail. Okay. And um, what differentiates a hike and a trail elevator? I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. People will say like, "Oh, it's a great hiking spot." So you know, you go, you go check it out. But it's really just like a path. It's just like woods, right? It's just like woods. Like when I think hiking, I think more rocks that you have to kind of climb. Elevation, elevation, elevation. Um, and this is kind of just like a, a straight path, just like in the woods. It's basically just like a trail. It's a nature walk. It's a nature walk all of this so a little less not really that challenging but as i'm walking by people everyone's stopping their conversation to say hi to me they just say (laughs) they're just like they're just like talking and i'm not even like smiling at them i'm even looking at them and they just like they just like oh hey how's it going like and then it keeps happening and now i'm like is something going on like should i be ready for something it's just not just doesn't sit right with me. They're like too friendly. They have you seen the, the episode in Always Sunny where no. Mac and Dennis go to the suburbs? No, I have not seen that. I've oh, only man. seen like five episodes of that show. But oh, that's criminal. That's criminal. It's a great show. But basically, they move to the suburbs, and their like friendly neighbor wearing like a polo shirt and his khakis like walks over to introduce himself, and then. He goes like to shake their hand and then they're just like staring at him because they have like that that uh, city edge to them and they're just grilling him. He's like, oh, boy, well, it's nice to meet you guys. And they just like walk away. It's like, Ned, word. it's like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. Yeah, Heidi, yeah. Heidi ho, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why? I don't, that doesn't really answer the question of why everyone was doing that to you. I have no idea. It's It was really strange. Like they're literally talking to each other. And then they just like... How many times did it happen? Oh, at least 10. What? Consistently, too. It was like it was like every 20 feet, there's like a person. And they're just like, hey, how's it going? And like, I'm not even looking at them. Like, at one point, I wasn't even looking at the person. Even when they said hi, I just like kept walking. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, I think it's maybe there's a correlation between people who go on nature walks and people who are like overly friendly. Uh, there must be. I mean... They're all different type of variations of people. They're like family people. There's some couples, just like some some weirdos. I mean, it was just like it's everyone, everyone involved was just like, "Hey, how's it going? Hi, how's it going?" Like all with like very friendly. I'm like, this is weird. Not used to this at all. It's, it's almost creepy. That's nature walks for you. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's hot as hell out right now. Recording this on Sunday afternoon. Um, got some news and notes for you. What do we got? Oh yeah. Um. Well, I guess the first. This is like early in the week, but Rondo, which doesn't that feel like two weeks ago, basically. Yeah. But, but I think it was on Monday. Rondo, he broke his wrist. Was it in a? practice so now he's out six to eight weeks so he's not out for the full playoffs oh no sorry it was thumb he got thumb surgery so he's not out for the whole playoffs but 
six, eight weeks. I mean, that's probably what, like somewhere around the second round. So I don't, I don't know, man. It's just like it, it obviously, yeah, that's technically an injury. We don't have to relitigate or, you know, go over what Rondo's value has been this season for the Lakers. Cause it hasn't been good, but I don't now is it like, is he going to come back like halfway through the playoffs and then get like 25, 30 minutes of playing time when he's already rusty and he's out of shape because he's, he's, he's not even good to begin with and shouldn't be playing to begin with. So that's just something to monitor for, for the Lakers fans. I don't know. People were making, cause obviously Avery Bradley's out for the, for the season. He's sitting out the rest of the season. So people are like, Oh, Avery Bradley and now Rondo. I'm like, eh, you know, Avery Bradley actually like, played well this year and like was a contributor Rondo it's not like they're down two guys really it's like they're down one guy and then Rondo it's like not really the worst thing in the world that maybe they'll be forced to play other players besides him how does that make you feel that Rondo's hurt I mean on a personal level of him being a human who like broke his thumb or whatever and not on a personal level not on a personal level i'm thrilled i mean i'm not gonna lie and say i wasn't happy about it obviously mm-hmm. if he tore his acl or tore his achilles i would be like okay that's this is a little too extreme to be happy yeah, about yeah, yeah. the guy broke his thumb i mean give me a break like it's not like he's gonna be living with the effects of his broken thumb for the rest of his life so yeah when i saw that he was out he's gonna miss six to eight weeks i was just like oh god i was wanting it to be like 10 to 12 weeks i'm like dude take take your time like you you earned it this year like make sure you recover fully like make sure you get that 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 rest and rehab as best as you can there's no rush like what's the rush man you've been here there's a virus going around like do you even want to play like maybe it's not safe i don't know is there is there a is having a broken thumb a, a risk factor for coronavirus? Possibly. I might have just made that up. So I think Grando might have to sit out the rest of the season. Real uh, shame. But yeah, I mean, obviously, hopefully he, he gets better and whatever heals his thumb. But he's not good. So he's not only is he not good, he's actually terrible. So, hey, that's uh, that's Rondo news. I don't know. I'm kind of pessimistic on the Lakers. I think I think they're going to lose to the Clippers. Um, that's I've been going back and forth all season, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like the office, Michael Scott, sip, sap, sip, sap, sip, sap. That's why I've been going back and forth with the Lakers. Are they going to win the title? Are they not going to win the title? Are they? And I don't, I don't think they are at this point. But it has nothing to do with Rondo's injury and has only like a little bit to do with Avery Bradley sitting out. But that's where I'm at right now. Is he was he signed to a one year contract this year? Who? Uh, Rondo. No, he has a well. I guess I don't know what the technicality okay. is, but he has a player option for next season, so he will be mm-hmm. back. I would have to imagine because like yeah. whatever, like nine million dollars or something. Like there's no way a team's going to sign him to that much uh, of a contract. So he will, in all likelihood, if I had to guess, be back on the Lakers next year. Probably still playing twenty five minutes a game for some reason and getting like. LeBron to shout him out like yo Rondo triple double playoff Rondo like I don't know what the hell LeBron's preoccupation is is that even a word preoccupied preoccupation uh with Rondo is I just don't get it LeBron's supposed to have this genius level basketball IQ and he still thinks like Rondo is going to help the team uh so yeah that's where we're at I don't I don't need to keep going for a half hour on Rondo but just in the larger point of me being like I don't know if the Lakers are going to do this that's interesting I mean yeah Harold's Harold left the bubble because of of family family emergency so that obviously you know I don't know what it is no one knows what it is yet but if it's something serious he may not be playing 
No, I think. Um, well, yeah, I guess so. It depends on how serious it is. You would figure he would want to play, but you know, if God forbid, there's like a death in the family, maybe he might not play. Yeah, I mean, shortened season, um, and you know, obviously, it's not like um, during the, the the back in the old days when that you could just go see your family. Now they're in a bubble, so they can't. He can't actually be with them. He has to be literally quarantined from them for a uh, significant period of time. So it's definitely going to have an effect, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about it cause I don't know what exactly it is. So, um, but obviously that would hurt the, hurt the Clippers, but I mean, you can't, you can't doubt, doubt LeBron. Um, I wouldn't be too pessimistic as long as LeBron and AD are there. They always have, they always have a, a strong shot. Um, we've, we've seen what LeBron could do and we're going to see what AD could do in the deeper rounds in the playoffs. He's been great in the regular playoffs with, without much, um, support. So now that's going to be fun, but, um, everyone's healthy. Giannis is fully healthy. LeBron's fully healthy. LeBron's like looking jacked. He looks very, uh, motivated. I wonder if he deleted his Instagram yet. Oh, if he did, um, just what, for playoff what mode. does he call it zero dark 30 or, yeah yeah I don't, I don't that's a good question why hasn't he locked that in yet maybe he's waiting well the playoffs haven't started yet that's why i guess it's the playoffs yeah it's a playoff thing um yeah i mean he's healthy Kawhi's healthy i think i mean to your point about montrez leaving the bubble because of a family issue it's also zion did too um and for it, a family issue? yeah it was for a family issue and so it's like it seems to be a mix like people there's no like straight answer in terms of what is the procedure for you leave the bubble now you want to come back in the bubble like what do you have to do there seems to be different uh protocols like if you leave the bubble for two weeks but you're getting tested for coronavirus every other day which i don't know if that would be like you know would that be provided by the nba to the player or would they have to go to like their local cvs and get it done but it's like if you do that obviously you you have a shorter quarantine period when you come back in the bubble. You know, if, if you were not, if you're just hanging out at your house with your family, it's shorter than if you were just going around left and right to all these different places. So it doesn't seem to be like, okay, Zion and Montrez Harrell left the bubble. We know when they come back, it's going to be 10 days quarantine. Um, right. So it, it'll be interesting to see what, what they actually end up having to do when they come back. How long do they have to quarantine before? Um, I mean, you think, well, I guess it's all dependent on exactly what we said. We don't know what the family issue is. We don't know what the resolution of the family issue is going to be. And we don't know how long that's going to take. So, you know, if, if there, there's so many different variables that we don't know. So it's like, don't, not really sure how that's going to play out. It's hard to even really take a stance one way or the other. Are they going to play again? Are they not going to play again? There's just so much up in the air. Really, all we know is that they left and they're not in the bubble right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to what you said about, did you? I don't know if you said this on the podcast or not, but you said that uh, the NBA is going to get the give up, give out the awards based on what happened yes. pre bubble, right? So the whenever there was the Rudy Gobert, the whole world changed day, or whatever March fifteenth or something, that is the cutoff date for all NBA awards. So. You know, coach of the year, sixth man of the year, most improved player, defensive player of the year, MVP. None of that is going to be based on anything that happens in the bubble because obviously each team has their eight play-in slash regular season games. 
Um, so none of that counts, which I don't know. My perception is like, that's kind of weird. And like, what is the point of that? Like, why not? If you're going to play these eight games, they're going to count towards the standings of the regular season. Why not? And odds are like these eight games aren't going to change anything too much anyways. So like, what was the thought process from the NBA behind? Like, we're not going to count these games. I don't, it's not like, how long does it take to, you know, all these, let's say there's a hundred reporters that vote on these awards. I'm sure they're going to send them an email, probably. Like, how long does it take them to fill out an email and send it back? You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, if they we if we let them vote after the playing games, it's going to take two, three months to get the responses back. Like, no, it's not. So it's like, why, why? I don't. I would love to know what the, the rationale was behind saying playing games don't count for awards. It doesn't make any sense. Like, and it's not like the awards are, um, you know, in like three weeks or four weeks, like right after the regular season, it's after like the playoffs or anything. So that's going to be in two or three months. Cause they do that dumb TV show. Are they even going to do that now with, with Corona? We, we've had no news on that. That has that gotten canceled? Are they going to do it virtually? Like that thing is so stupid. It's like, who the hell what like a, an award show for the NBA? Like that is so dumb. Like I'm we're in like the 1% of NBA fans. It's like, I have zero interest in watching that. <laughs> Whatever happened to like, oh, the MVP wins the uh, MVP trophy and they present it to him on his in front of his home fans before like game two of the second round and he gets to hold right. up the trophy. Like I can see like, oh, Dirk holding up the trophy in front of the Mavs fans, like LeBron doing it for the Heat or doing it for the Cavs. D Rose when he did it in Chicago, like those are cool moments. And we took that moment away. So what? People could go on stage in like a suit and and talk about their trials and tribulations and and, yeah. the war, and everyone could golf clap in the crowd and Seth Myers could come out and do like a skit with Drake. Like the hell is the <laughs> point of that? Awful. Yeah. They do it all wrong. All wrong. And then by the time they, they release it, like all the tension, all the anticipation is done. It's like, yeah. it's like three months later. It's like, Oh wait, bat, it basketball. Wait, which season is this for? Is it, Oh, that thing that happened seven months ago. You're going to finally tell us who won. Great. It's not like you totally killed like the, the, the suspense. Right. God. I hundred percent, hundred percent agree, but I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but I mean, yeah, they're going to definitely, they can't have people in the same room. So <laughs> it, it would be even worse. It would be even worse. Maybe hosted in the bubble. They could gather around a campfire or something. I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be doing those, um, like the zoom, interviews like on like on court interviews did you see that no Where's, i didn't like, see people, that people in, are in the studio and then they just have like like the players are just talking into a camera to doris Burke, uh, who's like sitting at our house yeah yes yeah, so, yeah essentially <laughs> yeah funny. like they did it to karis avert when he was at practice and it wasn't really working that well he couldn't hear them at all <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. You got to get the kinks out. We're early. We're early in the yeah. game. Yeah, but Carisover does have cornrows. He looks like a, a mic, like a taller version of Allen Iverson. So <laughs> all he, right. he's definitely all his attributes just got like plus three at least. So he's he went from like a, let's say an eighty four two K range to let's say an eighty seven. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's going to have to carry the load for the Nets or. What you can't even call them the Nets. They're oh yeah. Well, they got Jamal Crawford, 
Michael Beasley is gone already. <laughs> Michael Beasley added to his legend by getting signed for the Nets and then immediately getting replaced. By- so what happened? He tested positive for Corona, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And then, but why weren't they? Why, why couldn't he test positive for Corona? Was he ever in the bubble? Um, I don't think so. I mean, he literally got he literally got um, uh, the the virus. Or at least he, he was tested positive, like. Two days after getting signed. Hours. So like immediately it was just like, oh, got to sign someone else to replace him. So I, like, I don't know why. I mean, I guess. Like why couldn't they wait for him to heal, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because like he just he couldn't play. Maybe wasn't practicing. I don't know. Because I don't know. So I have Lance Thomas now. Lance um, Thomas, former New York Knicks legend. Yeah, along with Jamal Crawford. Everyone is very excited about Jamal Crawford. Oh, but. my God. What is the deal with Jamal Crawford and people's re- – people are There's reacting like-, like they just re-signed Michael Jordan. Like, this guy has been uh, blackballed from the NBA. It's a disgrace that Jamal Crawford is not on a roster. It's like <laughs> Jamal Crawford, who doesn't pass, doesn't play defense, and, like, his whole thing is being a scorer, and, like, he can't even do that efficiently anymore. What's crazy is that the last game he played, he scored 51 points. Yeah, that's awesome. I think he's the oldest player ever to score 50 points. How the hell did that happen? But he's not good anymore. So I'm like, people are reacting like he's been, uh, you know, <laughs> just like I said, blackball from the league. And like, this is a disgrace. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, he he's doesn't play any defense whatsoever. And he never passes and he's super old. So it's like, this is not, you guys realize eventually players have to retire, right? <laughs> like he's 40. He's 40 years old. Like, is he going to be 45 and they're going to be like reporters on Twitter? Like, the fact that an NBA team doesn't have Jamal Crawford on their roster is just so ridiculous. I, uh, I would, I'd actually rather them sign Joe Johnson. <laughs> yeah, why not? If, Joe, there's no way Jamal Crawford is better than Joe Johnson right now. I mean, he's, he's a bigger body. I mean, he's just like calm and cool, former net, one of my favorite nets ever. Really, you're a big Joe Johnson guy. That what is oh. that generally like Nets fans? Um, Definitely, that the consensus is that Joe Johnson is 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 the favorite amongst that crew, amongst the Brook Lopez, Deron Williams, uh, Joe Johnson crew. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say so because Brook was like during that time, Brook wasn't as good. When Brook was good, like the team wasn't good. Right, right. Um. And D Will was just like so frustrating. No one could, no one ever says D Will's their best player. So it's just kind of like you're just left with Joe Johnson. But Joe Johnson hit a ton of clutch shots. He did. He was like the most clutch player I've ever seen. Yeah, so clutch. Everything he just it just went in. Um, it, it always seemed like he was doing better on the court than his stats actually showed. Like it was like, damn, Joe must have like 25, and it would be like, oh, just he just has like 15. Like on the opposite end, it's like LeBron. It's like. How many points does LeBron have? It seems like he's never scoring. And it's like you look up, he has like 30. Yeah. Like Joe Johnson's like the opposite of that. It yeah. seems like he's scoring a lot, but he really just like doesn't really put up good numbers. Like his basically career average on the Nets was like only like 15, 16 points a game. But he was just like, it was just like very consistent. Like every game, you know, you're going to get like a 15 points a game, 38, 38% from three and, you know, solid shooting numbers. But like he was just like a, a calm, cool head. He was I, just like, cool job. Cool I saw job. I, uh, yeah. I was a big fan of his shooting form. It wasn't like a textbook, like perfect shooting form, but for some reason I really liked it. I love them on the Hawks. Yeah, on, on the, the Hawks. 
On the Hawks, that was definitely his prime for sure. And I mean, like, well, he has like one of the best crossovers of all time. On Paul Pierce? Absolutely. Yeah, th- that one's like weird in terms of like, I don't know why Paul Pierce like fell for it so bad. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very impressive how he does like the quick dribbles, very like, very so close to the ground. Guy. But it's like the actual crossover I felt wasn't like so vicious and violent. It's like Paul Pierce like saw him like dribbling tiny, tiny, like pitter patter, pitter patter. And then he just like dove at it like, oh, my, now's my chance to get it. And then like Joe Johnson's like, nope. It, it wasn't yeah. like one of those, like even I know, obviously you're saying Darren Williams, not your guy, but he had like a classic, like crossover, like his crossover was like, one, two. you know, boom, like the hard crossover left yeah. to right or right to left, whatever. But that, I know exactly the play you're talking about with Paul Pierce. It was like, that was just, that one's just weird. Like if you go back and watch it, it's like, he fell over, he just fell over. But what Joe Johnson was doing was super cool, but I almost don't even know why he was doing it. It's almost like they, uh, he took a dive. Like Paul Pierce was like, he like lost a bet or something. And Joe Johnson was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing where I like dribble the ball super low for a couple of seconds and then just like fall down. You know, it's like, it was just weird. I don't know. I mean, it seems like he was like trying, he was going to go steal it, but then he thought that he was going to go right, then he was going to go left, but he was just like really just standing there. And then like he started back it up and then all of a sudden he just crossed over and then he just lost his balance. I, I will yeah. say um, the, the, the the game winner that sticks out from in my mind, and I know there's like a bunch of ones that were probably more cool or like more impressive plays, but the one I think it was against the Suns where he just gets the ball and, and dribbles down the court it, on like a fast break, but he's going in like his typical like ISO Joe slow mo, and it's like yeah. he's out. He's out for like a leisurely stroll. He's out for a nature walk, like you said before. And the, the clock's ticking. It's like three, two, but his vibe doesn't match that at all. And then he just shoots like a floater layup as like Suns players are like colliding into each other, and it just like drops right through the net very innocently, and like he barely yeah. celebrates. It's like was it? Wait, was that the game? Was that the end yeah. of the third quarter? Uh, that one always sticks out of my mind. It's just like classic cool Joe. It's like he was just one. Of, yeah, it just seems no wonder he's so clutch because he's just his vibe is always just so relaxed. So nothing, too, nothing too high, nothing too low. He just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's basically awful. that's what it seems like at least. Yeah, I would say my favorite net is Vince, and then um, uh, I guess Jason Kidd, then Joe Johnson. Jason Kidd, Joe Johnson. All right. And then Richard Jefferson. Richard over, Jefferson. Like, that was that was the combo. That was the original Nets big three: RJ, Vince yeah. Carter, and Jason Kidd. That, that was that was a good combo. Yeah, Jason Kidd would just throw oops to them. That was sick. Richard Je- Richard Jefferson is um, top five commentator in the league. He He's is awesome. He, He's he, hilarious. He he is really good. I I worry that maybe he will get. To, to well, I get it. everything worked out for Tony Romo, so it's like I'm sure he would be thrilled. But it's almost he becomes too self aware of how good he is, you know. Uh-huh. So, so it's almost like he plays it up a little too much. Like he, he's almost uh, impersonating himself. But no, he is he is uh, really good. And he, he, I mean, he. I don't know. So what is, is he? Does he work for who? Does he work for? He's on like the Yes yeah. Network sometimes, yeah. but he's on ESPN sometimes too. But then he's on this podcast. I, it's hard to keep track of. He's, he's yeah. He works for Yes Network, um, obviously because he was with the Nets, so right. the Nets gave him a shot. And um, he was a little shaky at first, but then like all of a sudden he's just like, wow, this guy's like hilarious. So whenever we get like the dynamic duo of of Ian and Eagle and Ian Eagle, it's just a must must listen. What like, is that? 
you watch the game, you just listen to them. It's just great. What is his? Is 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 Ian Eagle? Is he the ferocious slam? Is that his call? What is his call on dunks? He has a couple. Oh, I mean, he has he has so many. Uh, I think there's like one. Oh, it's I don't I don't know what it is, but he he's got a great voice. He just seems like a great guy. And his son, I think he does the Clippers radio. Look at that! Runs in the family. Looks just like him too. It's kind of scary. Really? I mean, hey, that's, yeah. that's genetics, right? Yeah. Crazy uh, how it works. Crazy, crazy DNA. Who who knew? What's the deal with DNA? Huh? What's the deal with double helixes? Um, what else we got here? What else we got? A little NBA talk. Is there, I'm I'm looking at well, Russell Westbrook got coronavirus. I mean, I don't. It's not even obviously it's newsworthy. I mean, it got like a hundred sixty thousand likes on Twitter. I'm pretty sure when I was scrolling back through my account today. But um, it's I know I get that it's news, but like as long as you're still gonna play. And like, you know, obviously, hopefully they're healthy and they feel good. It's like, I don't like what else is there to discuss? Like, okay, he got it. And like, what's we don't have anywhere to go with that. But one thing that is more interesting that we we could actually go somewhere with was uh, Ben Simmons playing power forward in practice and Shake Milton playing point guard for the Sixers. Very interesting. Very interesting. Is it going to be? I know um, the first time I heard this idea was Zach Lowe on the low post podcast. And I've actually funnily, funnily enough heard people on other NBA podcasts, like kind of steal this idea from him. And I think some of them have maybe given him credit, but some not. And it's the idea of Ben Simmons playing like the Draymond green role, mm-hmm. which is like, you're an amazing passer. Um, you are like a big body, whatever your stream. I know Draymond's like, whatever, he's actually shorter than you think, but Draymond's like wingspan yeah. is ridiculous. Um, you're incredible defenders. You can guard multiple positions and you just can't really shoot. So why, you know, Draymond doesn't really handle the ball, but if Draymond catches a rebound, he's obviously going to push it in transition, but he doesn't bring the ball up the court every play. Um, and, you know, maybe Draymond isn't going to be the ball handler in a pick and roll all the time because the, the other team's just going to go under the pick every time. And Draymond's not going to pull up for a jump shot, just like uh, Ben Simmons is not going to pull up for a jump shot. So if they commit to just Ben Simmons playing power forward, Joel Embiid at um, center, then Tobias at the three, um, Jake Milton at at, at uh, point guard and Josh Richardson at the two. And then you have Horford coming off the bench. Korkma is coming off the bench. I don't know. I think it could be if Ben commits to just being like, okay, I'm not going to be point guard anymore, but I'm just going to be like a Draymond Green, but like maybe not as good of a defender as Draymond, obviously, since Draymond's like one of the best defenders ever, but like arguably could be at his peak a better version of Draymond in like sort of a different way. But like, why not? Like Draymond made some, I don't know. Didn't we look up the other day? Like Draymond somehow made three all-star games. Like it's not like Ben Simmons is not going to be as much of a star if he isn't bringing the ball up the court. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone knows he's a star player. He's going to make like 12 all-star games. You do want him to have the ball. Yeah, that's the thing. You're right. That's the only thing. And Shake Milton is, he had a hot stretch. He's unproven. I don't know how sustainable that yeah, he's unproven. Um, obviously, I mean, I saw Ben shooting threes, corner threes, um, in a recent video. His form looked confidently. Didn't look like um, didn't look like a hitch. Normally, he has like a hitch in his form, but I, these videos I've been seeing lately don't have as much of a hitch. So that's interesting. But like practice videos, they never mean much. I always want yeah. them to, but they don't. Yeah, I mean, it looked like a lefty LeBron esque. Type shot. Yeah, I mean LeBron's never had the best form. Yeah, it's not a good form, but like I mean, it's better than what Ben had. I mean, if he could just shoot it, you know, I just want the effort. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's what uh, Brett Brown said to start the season. Like, if he could just shoot, like, one corner three a game or something like that. But, I mean, we all know how that went. Uh, not well. Um, but, I mean, it's just – it'll be interesting to to see. I mean, I'm looking at Shake Milton's uh, per 36 numbers. For his career, he's 16, uh, 4, and 4, you know, basically on, on pretty solid shooting splits. So, who knows, man? Maybe this Shake guy will give him a try. Uh, and and then that that'll push Horford to the bench. Obviously, he's been struggling this year. Another thing that Horford, I saw um, uh, just a random tweet. It was something like Horford's body feels a lot better. Like he, one of those, like you know, I'm not I don't I'm not gonna make excuses, but like here's an excuse for why I've been playing so bad. I love that one. That one's classic when it's like, uh, you know, that one and like um, I just remember Bob Myers after KD uh, blew out his Achilles. You know, he was like crying on the podium. And he said, like, yeah, fake. Those tears look, looks, and I'm sure Bob Myers is a great guy. Have no problems with that guy. I don't know anything about him. I read in, in that Victory Machine book by Ethan Strauss. Like, he seems like a decent guy, like a cool guy, a nice guy. But that seemed really fake. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not saying 100% that those are fake tears. What I'm saying is watching it, knowing nothing about the guy, having no prejudice against him, <laughs> yeah. not rooting against him at all. I was like, that looks kind of fake. Um, yeah. But he said like he did it, um, a classic, another classic, which is, you know, if you, if you want to blame somebody, then blame me, you know, which which yeah, yeah, which yeah. loosely translates to it, it's not my fault, you know. And that's a, kind of a similar thing with uh, uh, people saying like, look, I don't want to make any excuses, but I had a broken leg the entire season. Like, you know, I don't want to make any excuses, but here's my excuse. You know, if you're looking to somebody, if you're looking for somebody to blame, blame me. Translate. Well, it's definitely not my fault. Definitely do not blame me. But I'll just say it so everyone will be like, oh, look at him taking responsibility. But it's not my fault, okay? Uh, I just thought that was – but whole point being for that whole um, sidetrack is that if Horford is healthier and if part of the reason why he was playing not up to his standards this year because it did seem kind of random why he sort of just fell off a little bit of a cliff. I know he's getting older, but not that much older. Um, so if he's healthier and, and this – transition away from having been beyond the ball all the time but like you're saying you just still do want him to have the ball a lot because he's such a good playmaker could be who knows nobody can ever quit the Sixers is the point yeah I mean they have you know two studs who are young um they just need to put the right pieces around them and they'll make it I I don't think this is their year uh I think they did a poor job in the offseason I've been we've been saying that all year long how they just need shooting and they just haven't addressed that. Shake Milton can shoot now. He's like, oh, from what we've seen this year in a very small sample size. But, you know, we want to see more. Obviously, they lost their best shooter in J.J. Redick. Um, but, I mean, Ben Simmons keeps getting better. His defense is awesome. Joel Embiid is great. I'm surprised I haven't seen many clips of Joel Embiid. Um or anything. I feel like he's been pretty quiet. All I saw was that video of him at like the airport in like his hazmat suit. Did you see that video? Like he, he dressed up in this all, yeah, like the mask. He looked like a, a doctor or something. I, I, I missed that. I don't know if he was like joking or if he was being serious. I couldn't really tell, but it was uh, pretty funny. But yeah, I haven't seen any clips of him in like practice or anything. Have you watched any of um, the uh, Matisse Thibel? Uh, video NBA bubble clips? No, like oh, YouTube. like his little YouTube clips that he's like yeah. shooting and editing. No, I haven't. But I I listened to a couple podcasts that said like, wow, this these are really good. Yeah, I watched uh, the third one, the most recent one. It's it's very it's awesome to see like just what goes on inside. And shout out to 
Matisse because his his editing skills are great. Like he's actually like a, a very good editor and he knows what he's doing. Nice. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. They have like these watches that they have to wear all the time to scan in and out, which take like their temperature and everything. Oh, it's like the the whoop. The whoop? Oh no, I think that's different. I think that's different. The whoop, not the ring, not the ring. The actual watch. I know what you're saying. I, I seen in like a different video that I'm wearing the watch. So they have a watch and a ring. These guys are being tracked. They, you're not going to get any sort of fever by them. I didn't see the ring. I don't remember seeing the ring. I thought they, I thought they were wearing. I wasn't really looking for it. Though, yeah, it's kind of so. hard to see. I mean, it's just a ring on a, a guy's finger. I don't, I don't know for sure if all of them are wearing it. Actually, I know, but I know, like, oh, you know, Texas football, you know, college football is wearing it, and then you know, golf is wearing it. But so, Whoop has been in the air. You know, people have been talking about Whoop for athletes. Yeah, so pretty much they're spending their time like fishing. Yep. Playing cards. Um, I'm not sure. What's unclear, I have to watch the rest. I'm not sure if they're allowed to like interact with the other teams. Interesting. Or I'm not like it seemed like um they're all like all the, the Sixers are just like where their section is and every other team is like where their section is. So I mean, I don't know if like LeBron's hanging out with like CP3. It seems like they're just hanging out with their teams. I don't know if that's like a competitive thing, like team building could or be, what. Could be. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you figure that's another thing. Just to segue into, you know, um, people have I saw a tweet from Shams that like people are actually using the uh, quote unquote snitch hotline to report like violations, social distancing, things like that. I think it was it was Rashawn Holmes who like accidentally broke the bubble to go and get like delivery was that that might have been last week but that that was funny and i think there was one other player who like got penalized for either like leaving the bubble accidentally or like i think it was i know rashawn holmes like left to the bubble accidentally like pick up delivery food um but so people have been using the hotline one of them that dwight got somebody called the hotline on dwight for not wearing a mask but what was funny was dwight was like live streaming on instagram of him not wearing a mask but my only thing is this it's like to your point of like okay are they interacting with other teams are they allowed to interact with other teams there's i know there's social distancing protocols but in these videos it seems like the teammates are like right next to each other um and i just like i'm confused it's like they're in a bubble and they're all getting tested. If there's no positive tests, like why do they have to still wear a mask? I guess better safe than sorry. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be like, I, listen, right. I wear a mask. So it's not like, hey, don't don't come murder me for, you know, not listening to doctors or whatever. But I, I just am a little confused about, you know, is it really that big of a deal if not that people were like ripping Dwight to shreds or anything? But I'm like, do they have if the guy's like sitting by himself at the pool, does he have to wear a mask? You know, when he's been, yeah. how many, how many coronavirus tests has Dwight got in the last three weeks? Like 20 and, he, and he's tested negative every time. And like everyone on his team has tested negative every time, you know, I, I don't know how much of a risk it is, to, but maybe someone will say, actually, you know, and like I said, better safe than sorry. But I just, when I heard about that, I was not like, oh, Dwight's such a moron, you know? Yeah. I mean, Dwight is always doing stupid, always doing questionable Yeah. He, stuff, he hasn't earned but... himself the benefit of the doubt. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> that's safe to say. Um, you know, shout out, a little shout out to Dwight because he really um, stepped up his game and he was known as uh, a locker room cancer. And it seems like, you know, the players actually enjoy being around him and he stepped up his actual, um, you know, playmaking. 
I mean, he was um he was signed sure. to a exactly. He he was this this season was like a, a non-guaranteed contract. And it, it like got guaranteed in like whatever February or something, but like people are forgetting how like this was his last resort. Like he, he, if the Lakers didn't sign him, he might not have gotten signed. Like think about how little of leverage you have to have for a team to sign you and say like we were taking till February to decide whether you're going to get all this money or not. And then the player being like, "Yep, I'll sign up for that because that's my only option." Yeah. And, and he played no. Like watching so many Lakers games, he was like legit good. I mean, obviously most of his offense was basically like getting open dunks and stuff from LeBron. But no, there was so many. He was like hustling. Like he was literally just setting screens, rolling to the basket, catching alley-oops, you know, cleaning up the offensive glass, cleaning up the defensive glass, blocking shots, hustling on defense. He was like, literally, you could not ask for more than what he did at his age. It's crazy. He was playing his role so well. It should be great to see him win win a ring as like a payoff for actually like finally playing the the role he really should have been playing his whole career, basically. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, shall uh, yeah. I mean, I can't really say the same to Rondo because I don't really like no, Rondo. No, Rondo. Well, Rondo hasn't been doing that. Well, in defense of Rondo, he doesn't have like there is no role for him to play. You know, like Dwight has been his role is like you're a good defensive center, you're a great rebounder. You know, just set screens, roll the basket, and dunk. Stop calling for post ups. You can't. You're not a good post up. You know, scorer. So you'd say, okay, just stick to your role and do your role as best as you can. Rondo doesn't have a role, you know? Like, he doesn't – there's no – you can't say, like, okay, Rondo, you know, play off the ball, you know? You know, stop demanding to have the ball so much and dribble around for 20 seconds. Just play off the role and play your role. I mean, play off the ball and, you know, play that role. But he doesn't ha- – that's not his role. He can't shoot. So he can't play off the ball. He has to be on the ball. And if he's on the ball – what is he? He's just he'll throw like he's a fine playmaker. But listen, I don't I don't want to do the whole Rondo thing again. He dribbles way too much. He's like a fine playmaker. Every once in a blue moon, he's gonna like throw an amazing pass. You're like whoa. But overall, it's just like God. He he doesn't have a role. So it's almost a defensive Rondo because I'm saying it's not that he's not playing his role. It's just that he's literally not good enough. Like Dwight is good enough to play 20 minutes on a title team. Right. Right. Rondo isn't. No, he's not. There's no role for him to play. So it's like it's not even his fault, basically. Uh, let's take a switch um, to a little music. Drake just okay. dropped two singles. Well, we're, uh, I guess if they're DJ Khaled songs, they're singles, but okay, yeah. I don't know what the ruling is on that. Singles or just random loose then, songs. Yeah, okay. Lucy's. Yeah, there you go. Let's say Lucy's. Uh, Grease and Popstar. So Grease actually leaked about, I want to say two months ago. We got a fat DMCA strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you you <laughs> upload that to YouTube, you upload that to YouTube. You your watch YouTube back. probably is no longer there. Um, I I enjoy Grease. Uh, DJ Cal. It's like it's a it's a different style of Drake that we haven't heard before, which actually comes with some controversy that he sounds too much like The Weeknd. And, you know, obviously you could see the similarities, but, you know, basically he went like with a higher pitched voice and, you know, there was like some resemblance of the weekend's flow style. And I wouldn't say he like caught he for it, but like people discussed it for a 
couple hours on Twitter. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, there's that. But I mean, I like it because it was like a different style in his voice. Pop star. It's fine. It's just, it's fine. I mean, I'm not crazy about it. Um, it just seems like with, it seems like now that Drake doesn't need Khaled, like the songs that he gives him just aren't that good. I forgot what's the, what was the last song that he gave Khaled? For free? Was, for free. Yeah. For free. That was a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. That's, I think that was probably the last one he gave to Khaled. Like, it's fine. I think like that was like kind of, I wouldn't say better. It's not like a better song, but like, cause it was like a better Khaled song. Cause it's like more mainstream and kind of catchy. Yeah. It was actually like a decent radio. I don't know what it peaked at on like the hot 100, but it got radio play. Whereas I'm sure right. these songs are going to get radio play too. But like you're saying, they're not sort of when you heard for free, you're like, okay, I understand why Drake and DJ Khaled are doing this. It's like, this is a song right. that Drake's not going to put on any of his albums, but he's friends with Khaled. So why doesn't he give Khaled like another top 40 hit or whatever? Cause it's, this is probably catchy and it's supposed to be played on the radio. I would say that this pop star is, Oh yeah. No, I, I almost said pop star. It's, Better than pop style. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a uh, that's pretty low bar. Pop style. I mean, we talked about that. I think that song sucks so bad. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really terrible. I mean, there there's a it was there's decent. There's a couple times where Drake starts doing good, like I, part the second half of his first verse and like the start of the second verse. I liked. I, I don't really like the chorus at all, but. Um, yeah, of course, it doesn't. I don't know what he's it's doing. It's just weird. He's trying too hard to like try his new style or something. Like, don't overthink things, man. Just make it catchy. Um, but it, it just it goes back to his views. Like his his um, I'll I'll say like uh, Kanye's lyrics started to drop off with Jesus, and then ever since then they've all been hit or miss basically. And I'll say with Drake, his um lyrics have dropped off since views. Um, not, not mean since like post that, like that was the moment when it started to drop off. Same with Kanye. Like it's not like after Jesus, but like Jesus was the first album I listened to. I'm like, ah, I don't know. These lyrics are kind of iffy. Same thing with uh, Drake and views. And it's just, I don't understand. Like, even if you listen to pop star, like half of them don't rhyme, like half of his lyrics, half of his lines, they just don't rhyme with each other. And it's not like you have to rhyme like every line, but generally speaking it sounds better and they have to sound similar and like if you're not going to rhyme them or they're not going to sound similar like you could do that for a couple but don't do that like line after line after line after line like it just i don't he he's like he said some line about i want a something girl and like an honest one and like it didn't i'm like honest doesn't rhyme with what you just said dude and it's just like i don't um I don't, I don't get the thought process there because then when he starts like actually rhyming for like, you know, 30, 20, 30 seconds, I'm like, oh, this is great. And she just goes away. And I'm like, what is the thought process here? Is this intentional? Does he just run out of words to rhyme? Like, does he think this sounds better? Like he's throwing people off. Like I know there's a whole thing about like Big Sean where his, his part of his sort of shtick or his style at a certain point was like purposely rhyming off beat. Like if you think of uh, Big Sean's verse on All Me, like he's basically yeah. completely off beat the whole time. Like he's not flowing with the beat at all. It's just like totally. It's it. It doesn't sound. It sounds like sort of what you're saying with Kendrick, where he he wrote the verse and then just sort of slammed it onto a beat and was like, eh, I hope right. I hope this works. Um, but I think that was part of Big Sean's. Uh, he was doing that intentionally. So my question is: Is Drake doing this intentionally? 
Like, and if he is, like, why? <laughs> like, do you know that there's a point where it, there's a reason why most of the time, like, rappers rhyme their lines together because it sounds really good? Whatever, dude. Going back to that line, like, I want to, I think he said, like, I'm, I want a good girl and honest one. Yeah, it's like, what the, what the hell is that? He must have been like he must have got hurt real bad because it's just to say that like I mean that's Drake's whole he's always it. crying about everything. It wasn't even like it didn't even rhyme, like so it's like he, <laughs> he like really, really get it off his chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. It wasn't even like a good line. He's just like yeah. somebody like All right, hey Drake, maybe maybe change around that line like good girl, honest yeah. one, maybe like good girl and like a, I don't know or an honest one and a. And the hottest one, something like maybe something like I don't know. Does that work? What do you think? He's like, no, this is the line that I need to get off my chest. I'm like, all right, man. Well, it doesn't rhyme, so hope you're happy. Hope this makes you feel better about your life, because that sucks. Uh, but I mean, generally speaking, both of they were fine. I mean, they they're nothing great. They're nothing bad. They were they were fine. I, obviously, you know, am I going to listen to them a lot? Probably not. But there there were. Um, I will say, I still do get excited. So. He still he still got that going for him in terms of I'm like okay if there's new Drake out I will listen to it you know he hasn't he hasn't lost that so but right. hopefully hopefully I think this album will um it will say a lot in terms of like where the rest of his career is going to go like if this is a return to form uh then that that would be great if it's sort of more of the same on like the the level of the last couple albums then it's probably this is just the you know of to borrow a phrase you've been hearing a lot lately that would just be the new normal i would take a more condensed more life yeah i'll be very we don't need to, nobody's asking for it like obviously if they're all great songs go ahead but we can do with like 12 songs like 15 songs 11 songs 13 songs like i'm fine with that that's supposed to be the plan that's what he said he said he's trying to uh, limit the amount of songs on his next album. So, you know, that's what I'm, I'm hoping he goes for uh, quality over quantity. Um, so that's, you know, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So maybe he's putting more effort into it. And I mean, maybe, I mean, that's that's also why we heard Dark Lane demo tapes, because those are like, maybe he was going to throw them as album fillers, but he decided that, since he's going with, you know, the quality over quantity, he just like made them a separate project, which is why I thought that that was actually a positive, um, sign. A positive sign for the album that because obviously they're definitely definitely album cuts because obviously they're not on the album. And, um, you know, I think that's that's a positive sign. Um, I would say these two songs are kind of neutral. It doesn't really they're not terrible, but they're not really good. But. Also, I just don't think like once he decided that he was going to give him the Khaled, he kind of just like was like, fuck it. Like, I don't really care that much about it. I'll just give it to him and do Khaled a favor or whatever the reason why they're working together now. Um, But yeah, I mean, um, so the statistics say that every two singles that he releases he releases um his album an average of within two months so if history you know rules then we should get a drake album within the next two months but these are not singles it's 
Dude, a single is on the album. Like, do you not? A single is a song that is put out in advance of an album that's on the album to build anticipation and hype for the album. Well, the two songs on um, the championship pack, was that on Scorpion? Were those two songs on Scorpion? What the hell is a championship pack? Like, it was like with the trophies. Oh, Omerta and Money in the Grave? No, they weren't. Yeah. Those were after Scorpion, I thought. Are you thinking of like diplomatic immunity and yeah, yeah. and uh, what was the other one? Was God's plan on that? God's plan was on that, but I think there was another song. It was it was God's plan, diplomatic um, immunity, <clears throat> immunity, and money in the grave. Okay, so but I don't think those were on. No, let me see. They weren't money. on the album. Yeah. Oh, so, scary but, hours. That's what it was. No. Yeah, scary hours and extended play from Drake and the team. No, the best in the world started pack. Omerta and Money in the Grave. Okay, yeah. June not June two thousand nineteen. Wait, so what the fuck? Yeah, dude, those were after Scorpion, way after. So what was the other two? It was the best in the world started pack. What? <laughs> Which ones are you talking about? <laughs> oh, let me look at the look. Oh, no, it wasn't Care Package. Scary. God's Plan and Diplomatic Immunity came out like six months before Scorpion. And God's Plan right. was on the album, but I don't think God's Plan was supposed to be on the album. It just got too big to not put it on the album. All right, so whatever tweet that was that I read is flawed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask before, but I didn't want to cut you off. But like when you said that, I was like, did you do your, that math by yourself? Like that seems like a lot of no. research. What were no. they, what were I they basing it. off oh, of? That makes sense. That works. But he hasn't even put a single out. So it's like, even if that was the math, it, we wouldn't, we have nothing to attach to. It'd be like, oh, well, here's the single. So here, I, my theory is that he's just going to put out the album without any singles. Now that would be an interesting move. And, I mean, why not try it out? Because he doesn't need a buildup or he doesn't need hype. Um, he just puts it out and then it's like, oh my God. I mean, I'm pretty sure Beyonce did that. Like, I'm pretty sure Beyonce's put out yeah. complete albums. Like, and then you could almost let the fans decide, like, wait a couple weeks and see which songs are getting the most play. And then boom, those are your singles. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think he put out any singles for, if you're reading this. No, well, that Unless... was a mixtape, so... That's like a whole nother thing. Like mixtapes generally don't have singles because that's just like you put out the tape all at once. Like Darlene demo tape. I mean, didn't can, have a single. can an artist like Drake put out a mixtape? He did put out. If you're reading this, was a mixtape. I mean, but the thing about if you're reading this, it wasn't actually a mixtape. It was mix so mixtape is supposed. Anymore. Yeah, basically mixtapes don't even really exist anymore. A mixtape is supposed to be a a um, an album. Now maybe this might be not exact, but this is the general spirit. An album on other beats that are not your beats. So think right. no ceilings, little Wayne. He's rapping over the run this town beat. He cannot sell that for to. money. So, because it's not his beat and it's also right. a song that's already been made and being sold. So instead of selling it for money, he puts out the mixtape for free. If you're reading this, it's too late. Drake just decided I'm going to call this a mixtape because I don't want it to count as an album. Basically because it was all original instrumentals, like none of the instrumentals on this, it's being sold. It's on Spotify. You know, it's you, if you go on Spotify, no ceilings is not on Spotify for little Wayne. Um, and it's on Apple music. If you're reading this was, but he just called it a mixtape because I think also then there's, so that, that's what the technicality of what a mixtape is, is like, 
non-original yeah. instrumentals that, that you're freestyling over, you're rapping over, whatever. The, I guess then the spirit of it is sort of like a project that you put out to hold your fans over until the next album. So I guess Drake was trying to say that, like, this is not like an album. This is sort of a mixtape. It's just a project that I'm going to put out until the album, which is, which is weird because it's one of his best projects. I think it's just kind of cool to say this is a mixtape, you know? I don't know. And if you're reading this kind of fits... What? It sounds cool. And I think it kind of, if you're reading this kind of fits like the, you know, mixtape vibe, like it's a little bit more, it's not as, as a pop song, you know, it's not as, it's a little like uh, more underground, if that makes any sense, even though it's impossible for Drake to be underground, but it's just more lyrical, more, you know, not, not like, let's be happy and one dance and we're going to go dancing, you know? Um, so I think that's why he called that a mixtape, but I don't even know what we were talking about to begin with, but that's my whole. Well, issue. I feel like it can't, it can't be called a mixtape if it's not uploaded on datpiff.com. <laughs> yeah, right. Actually. Okay. So screw everything I just said for five minutes. <laughs> the definition of a mixtape is, is it on datpiff.com? Yes or no. I mean, that's basically a way easier explanation. That is a way better explanation. That is the definition of, is datpiff still a thing? I don't know because no one uses it because nobody really whatever happened to the mixtape it's a lost artist like I feel like half of these albums that Future puts out should probably be mixtapes but then from Future's perspective he probably is like wait a second like why did I put out 56 Nights or why did I put out you know Monster or you know Purple Rain like why did I put that out for free you know Purple Rain might have been an album I can't remember but it's like, why Why would I not just make an album, you know? So I think people are like, why the hell am I going to put out a project for free when I could just, I mean, maybe future kind of change. I'm, look, I'm not a rap it expert. Basically but- it's for free because everyone has a streaming service. So it's not like they're paying for the actual individual album anymore. It's just like they're paying for the entire Apple Music or Spotify subscription. So it's like they get it for free. They don't have to pay for it as soon as it drops. Yeah, that's probably another reason why like mixtape, album dichotomy has kind of gone away because it's just like well we're not paying for any of this so you can call it whatever you want but just hey put it on the streaming site or else yeah yeah it's actually it's actually easier to release on apple music because like i don't have to go to the website download it into like a zip folder and then reopen it there's a bit of a there is there's a charm about that though you know there's there's a nostalgia charm to uh back in the zippy share days you know it it did feel feel good to find the the one correct link on twitter and then you're like oh is this fake or real and you download it and you click on all the songs and would fill in on on your uh on your itunes and you're like yes this is actually real i remember uh probably the last time i remember doing that is for uh life of pablo and the, the one that everyone downloaded was um the drake is trash kanye is better that that was uh do you remember that I just, it was what like that? somebody, whoever originated this Zippy share first, that was a whole nother question. It was like, who is even the first person to make this, you know, and like send it out through the interwebs. But basically it was right. uh, the link that everyone was using for the life of Pablo was, and some guy like changed the name of the album to like Drake is trash. Kanye is better. Or he changed like the description of every song to that. So like, yeah, it would yeah. be like, you know, um, father stretch my hands. And instead of saying like Kanye featuring Drake, it would say just, Drake is trash, Kanye is better. And I just remember uh, Deezus from Deezus's Merrill like tweeting about it yeah, and yeah. being like, oh, we got the same Zippy share, bro. Uh, so that was funny. Good time. Those were the days. Yeah, I feel like after like 2015, 16, um, there really haven't been any leaks. 
I mean, if like, let's say like an album leaked, it would be like only a couple hours beforehand. So you kind of would just like, I mean, unless it's, unless it's like a bigger artist, you probably just would wait. I, but, I wonder how much of that it has to do with um, the actual, because I guess there's a couple ways to leak, right? Now I'm not an expert, but I imagine you can just hack somebody's hard drive, right? Like if you're a hacker and you figure out where Drake stores his music and you hack it, then you can leak it, right? But I think there's a whole nother thing, whereas it's like if you're sending, uh, you have to distribute and ship like a bunch of physical albums. So back in the day, it's like you need to put your albums in like Best Buy or Walmart or whatever. So you have to ship like hundreds of thousands of albums all across the country. And like all it takes is like one bozo who works at Walmart to steal one of the Thank Me Later CDs that that got to Walmart two weeks in advance and just like go online and like burn a disc or however, you know, however you leak stuff. And then you put it on the Internet and boom. Uh, So I'm sure that's since there's not as much physical albums and maybe that cut down on it that's just a theory i just came up with i don't know if that's real uh, that sounds about right i think that's how they would do it i think that's how they did it for like 50s records 50 was 50 cent they would get the album uh that were like pre-ordered into stock and then some employee would just like take it and then just like go leak it and that was like a major problem that- and i think they did that with like one of drake's albums as well that- and I'm sure they did it like a, a bunch of times, but I guess because no one really. I mean, the CDs come out after the streams. Right. And I remember the first like the first major rap album that basically didn't leak was Watch the Throne. Like it didn't leak at all. Which yeah. was crazy at, at that time, because at that time, like everything just leaked. Like it was just a, a matter of time until something leaked. Like and then you would listen to it, but you still listen to the album. But um well it it sort of reminds me of like back in the day like going to GameStop and like i was not like a call of duty guy or whatever but it's like let's say madden right and it it comes out on sunday but like you would go on like saturday at 9 p.m and be like hey you know you guys are you guys selling the game like i know it only comes out tomorrow but you guys definitely have the game in the store right now otherwise how are you going to sell in three hours and just hope that the people would be like nice enough to sell it to you early that's what happened with modern warfare 2 when it first came out um, I think they got obviously they got it early, so then like the word spread that people were know, playing it online. Out. Yeah, they were like playing like a day early before the release because some some people were. I don't know. I don't think they had a. I don't think they were charging extra. They just were just. I guess they were just being you know good citizens and helping you know us thirteen year olds out. I mean, they could have been literally GameStop. Like if you're a GameStop employee, whenever whatever you were fourteen. And they get a full shipment of Call of Duty and you're telling me you wouldn't have, and it's a week in advance of the game or something. Like you're really going to tell me that you wouldn't have at least, con- not saying you would have done it, but you definitely would have contemplated like, what if I just take one of these and just sneak it out? Like this is yeah. the game. It's not like there's some sort of timer that they, you know, they allow the oh, game God. to work only when the release date triggers or something. Like this is the disc. If I put it in the system, it will work. Yeah, those are some good times. Those are some good times um what else do we have if you want to talk uh we 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 have because there's some nfl we could talk or there's some baseball we could talk which which one which one do you want uh nfl okay nfl uh really just contract news i mean we look we don't have to chris jones signed for the chiefs congratulations miles garrett signed for the browns congratulations derrick henry signed with the titans congratulations like Derrick Henry's like another running back contract, but the the number actually wasn't that 
much in terms of like he, like he didn't set the new annual running back you know value record like you know Zeke or or Christian McCaffrey or stuff like that and I'm pretty sure it's only a two-year contract so they basically like uh I, I think they they could have uh, franchise tagged him next year too so it's like they basically just bought out the rest of his franchise tag like you know how some they've sort of been doing that for baseball a little bit like young players will come up and you know, they'll have six years of arbitration left but instead of doing that, they'll just sign like a seven-year contract with their team at like a bit of right. a discounted rate just to like start making a bunch of money. Um, so I think this is sort of similar to that where uh, Derek Henry's like, look, I'd rather not, you know, just sign me to a contract at about what I would have made from the franchise tag so we can actually lock it in. So if I blow out my ACL this year, I at least still get some of that money. But the biggest news was the contract that didn't get signed. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Dak didn't sign. So it looks like Dak's going to be playing under a franchise tag for like $31.5 million, I'm pretty sure. And it seems like the, the reporting is that the last deal that was on the table was five years for $35 million or or five years for 33. So it was between $165 and $175 million for five years and $100 million guaranteed. And Dak turned it down because he only wanted four years, not five years. <sighs> He's very um, particular. I don't know. He's confident, I guess. I, don't, I mean, hey, could, what's crazy is that, did you know, if you had to guess how many quarterbacks in NFL history have played on a franchise tag, how much would you guess? Because he, so he's, cause that, Dak's going to play this year under a franchise tag. You're saying how many quarterbacks have? Yeah, in NFL history have played a season where they weren't signed to a contract. They were under a franchise tag. Well, obviously the franchise tag is like technically a contract, but you know what I'm saying. I have no idea. I can't even. Oh, I don't. Have it's it's only two. So my whole point. I didn't mean to like put you on the spot oh, like wow. a trivia, but I just right. Isn't that surprising? Like you think every year there's players getting franchise tagged on this team and franchise tagged on that team, but then I sort of thought and I'm like, oh yeah, that doesn't really happen to quarterbacks that much. It it was Kirk Cousins did it twice. Obviously, that's like the famous one that everyone knows about. Um, and then Drew Brees did it. Um, I guess with the must have been with the Chargers to get, and then probably because the Chargers didn't want to sign him long term because he had like shoulder issues. But um, like normally, teams want to sign their good quarterbacks to uh, um, to long term contracts. And who? Why are you going to franchise tag a, a quarterback who's not good? You know, so uh, that is um, that is interesting. It, it's not not something very common that happens, but. Hey, Dak, if, you know, 31 and a half million is a lot of money to make this year. The only concern with Dak is what if he gets hurt, like a serious injury? Uh, so fingers crossed that doesn't happen for him. But I would, it's just interesting to see. Is he going to be on the Cowboys long term? Are they going to franchise tag him again next year? Because apparently they can franchise tag him this year, which they have, and two more years after that. But the third year is just so much money that they're probably not going to do that. So Dak may only have like two more years left on the Cowboys. I wonder where, I wonder where he wants to go. L.A. Yeah, who knows? Well, it could be the Chargers, but they just drafted Justin Herbert. So it's like the thing is, there's so many quarterbacks. I mean, we just saw Cam Newton sign for like a minimum contract with the Patriots. You know, Jameis Winston. You know, memes aside, like he throws for a bunch of yards and throws a lot of touchdowns. He like didn't get even a sniff of a starting job. It's like every team yeah. has a quarterback. So it's like if Dak gets a free agency, obviously in two years, every you know things could change. This guy retires, that guy retires. I'm sure there'll be open spots and teams that want him. 
I just am interested to see what type of contract he would sign. I mean, hey, it worked out for Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins, you can laugh at him, do what you want, but he signed a huge contract and he got a contract extension with the Vikings. So Kirk Cousins, like, quote unquote, betting on himself and saying, you know what? I think I'm worth a lot of money. I'm, I'm just going to play on a franchise tag, he, you know? Thankfully for him, he didn't get hurt, and and it got a huge contract. So that's what Dak wants too. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I like it. Um, he's a good quarterback. I mean, I give him a B plus. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you said it, Derek Henry. Yeah, Henry, Derek Henry was signed as well, right? Yeah, he did. It was like four years, but I think like only the first two are like mostly. It's NFL contracts; they're always so BS. But it's 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 not like they're not locked into him long term. It just really seems like they're locked into him for two years at like a pretty reasonable price for a running back. So this doesn't necessarily fall into the camp of like Todd Gurley, where you just signed him to five years, like basically guaranteed. And now he's like, he has no legs, no le- no knees anymore. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I mean, obviously it's tough, but I mean, Derek Henry is so essential to that team. It's just a matter of if you can hold up. Um, and this is also his first breakout year because he was not that good. He was not that good uh, the previous uh, few seasons. So it's like splitting that, carries like, with Deion Lewis. Yeah, Deion Lewis and um, DeMarco Murray. Remember Before DeMarco that. Murray? Damn. He, he was great. Didn't he rush? He did he rush for not not two thousand yards? Did Demarco Murray rush for two thousand yards? I know he led the NFL. I think he was on pace for like two thousand yards at one point. Hold on. He was, he was really good. He was really good at one point. He rushed for eighteen forty five. Damn, damn, <laughs> that's crazy. Um. Yeah. So Demarco Murray, shout out to you. Yeah. So, I mean, he couldn't at. When he first started as like a rookie, he couldn't get past an aging DeMarco Murray, which was like a red flag. And then he was splitting carries with uh, Deion Lewis, I guess not last year now, it's two years ago. So last year he had his first full breakout year. Even the beginning, even in the beginning of the season, he wasn't amazing. You know, he, but I mean, his play style, he really needs the ball a lot, which is a bit worrisome because he can get tired if he has a huge workload. So it's like if he needs 30, 35 carries to succeed, that's a lot of hits that he has to take to get to be, you know, have a positive impact. Um, So a little bit risky and he can't catch the ball. He he doesn't catch the ball at all, but. Which is like another thing I don't, I think we talked about this back during the playoffs, but I'm like, how hard is it to teach someone how to run around and catch a football? I'm like, what the hell? He's clearly athletic enough. Yeah, I don't, he just has brick hands maybe, or maybe he doesn't have like the shiftiness to like run a crisp route, but running backs, half their routes are just like run to the flat, you know, like run to the, towards the sideline and we're going to throw you like a screen and you're going to be open and then run for like 10 yards. It's not like they, you don't see a lot of plays where running backs are like catching the ball in double coverage or something. It reminds me of maybe this is, I don't know, you could see, so you could say how this comparison works. Okay. NBA players who are bad at free throws in the game versus in practice, they're good. Okay. Okay. So someone like Shaq, who's apparently shot like 85% at practice, but then when it came to the actual game, he shot, you know, 40% or 50%, whatever it was. So maybe like, cause he, like I, I watched like some of his like practice film and he is catching the ball. He looks fine. 
I mean, it's not like he has small hands. He's huge. He's six six. I kind of like and that. Um, very athletic. I kind of like the comparison of running back who can't catch a ball is like a you know a, a NBA big man who can't shoot free throws. I like that. I like that. That's a as an interesting perspective. But yeah, like you're yeah. saying, it's like what if he's catching the ball in football? It's like I mean, in practice, like why is it so hard to translate that to the game? They don't even they don't even try though. Yeah, like, that he gets targets so. Like, how do we really know how good of a catcher? He and is? didn't he have like I I specifically remember whether it was against um, whether it was against the Ravens or whether it was against the Patriots, he caught a screen pass and like ran for like thirty five yards. And so it's like you know what is a screen pass is so easy? You literally just run like three yards, turn around, catch the ball, and generally speaking, there's going to be nobody. Like whether you gain a bunch of yards is a whole different story, but like catching the ball, it's like you're generally going to be wide open because it's like you're literally boom hike the ball okay throw it to him he's wide open so i I don't know i don't know that's that's interesting i would love to talk to like a football scout or a football analyst and be like what is when there's a running back like that who they don't involve in the pass game at all when everyone knows it's important to get basically every player involved in the pass game like what is the explanation even better i'll just text derrick henry to come on the podcast yeah fair yeah shoot him a dm hey man uh, congrats on the big deal. We're gonna need you to don't even ask. Just you have to be assertive, okay? We're, so we'll we'll have you on the podcast next week. Um, yeah. If you fill out this paperwork, like we'll really like flip the table on him. Like fill out this paperwork, um, and and then if if we if we uh, if you pass approval process, we'll we'll get you on the podcast to discuss. We'll just be I mean, we'll get him publicity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Benefits both parties. We get our answer. Our question answered and he gets clout so right and then hey. maybe we'll get like what i'm not asking for much like what two percent of the contract that's that's fine with me i don't care yeah sure why not how about baseball baseball all right baseball was obviously we're, we're yankees focused here but i did see just to zoom out for the whole mba at whole mlb for a second I saw. Whoa. Let me let me find the Buster only tweet. Allow me just give me a couple seconds to scroll here in the old likes on Twitter. It was basically he was talking about the amount of testing that baseball has done in the past week, and it seems like it's actually working. Like in terms of they didn't really get a lot of positive tests. So I mean that's a positive sign in terms of like the season. When does the season start? Like on Wednesday or Thursday? Four days. Four. So Thursday. Um, Come on, where where's Buster Olney? Where's Big Buster? He he had a tweet. It was like we've test baseball has tested one thousand five hundred and thirty eight people in the past week and have only returned six positive tests. Whatever. That's the gist of the 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 tweet, if not the exact tweet. So it's basically like, hey, testing seems like it's mostly working for baseball as a whole. Um, and then in terms of the Yankees. Uh, you know, DJ LeMahieu rejoined the team. He, obviously, he had coronavirus, so he's back. Uh, you know, M- Miguel Andewar has been playing a little bit in the outfield. He's been looking good. They had like a scrimmage yesterday against the Mets or whatever you want to call it, a scrimmage, or I don't even know what to call it, like a, a friendly, as they would call it in soccer. Um, and yeah, I, I think uh, it's, I'm just, Yankees, Yankees got to do good this year. Yankees got to do good. Yeah, I mean, baseball is the thing about that worries me about the Yankees is that they always start off slow and then they get really hot and then they get tired during the playoffs. So it could if they get hot at the right time, it will be beneficial. But 
as always, they always, always start slow. And then everyone questions like how good are the Yankees? You know, you know, can they do it this year? They have the pieces, blah, blah, blah. It's always like the first 30 games. And then, you know, they start, you know, getting hot every, every single year. It's amazing. Happened last year, the year before that, and the year before that. Um, I don't know what it is, but hopefully they, you know, are a little bit more um, tuned up this this uh, start of the season. But, I mean, we got Garrett Cole leading the way. He has no beard, which is, he looks a little weird. He doesn't look as intimidating for sure. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Um, but... I mean, he's obviously he's he is the best pitcher in baseball. Okay, I mean, people would say Scherzer, people would say Verlander, people would say, well, maybe Strasburg last year. Degrom, Degrom would be one that probably most people would say, but I don't hate it. You gotta have confidence. I I mean, he, I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. He ha- he's young, he can go through the innings. He has all the stuff that Scherzer, Degrom, and Verlander has. But like I said, he's younger. Um, I mean, he, he he just has it, and I think he's going to be phenomenal this year. Uh, it's just you know, let's see how the other guys do. See how Judge, if Judge can stay healthy. He got a stiff neck. Uh, did you see that? Oh God. I had a stiff neck too. All I did was just you know stretch it out a little bit, and I'm fine. He got a he got a stiff neck, but then he hit like back to back home runs in like back to back days in like inter squad. Uh, or intra-squad, I should say, scrimmages. So, um, I mean, yeah. imagine if Stan was actually, like, good. I'm confident. I think this is going to be the year. <laughs> this, year? this is this the year. year. I feel uh, bad. I mean, last year was just... I gave up. I gave no, up. no. I'm holding on hope this is going to be the year for Stanton. You know what? Because he's not healthy. I mean, he is, well, he's not healthy. A Freudian slip. I'm just so used to talking about him and saying he's not healthy. He seems to be mostly healthy. You know, he had that thing where he like strained his quad in February somehow. And like when, when teams were coming back from a, after the season got postponed, they were like, oh, we don't know if Stanton's going to be able to play the outfield. He may only be able to DH. It's like, what the hell? You just took three months off, dude. Um, but I think this is going to be his year. Last year was destroyed by injury. He played good in the playoffs. That's what nobody remembers. Like, yeah, I remember he had a he was bomb. He had an absolute when? bomb off. Was it Verlander? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so he was good in the playoffs. But he only played eight games last year. Like, he was just hurt the whole year. But it was so weird. It was so many different injuries. And it's like he was getting injured while rehabbing from other injuries. But I think this is this is the year where he's going to – and not for nothing, his first year with the Yankees was solid, okay? And he played 158 games, I think. Now, he he yep. only hit, like, 38 home runs, so he didn't give us that big, like, boom, 47 home run season or something like that. But I don't think he's that – I don't think he's that type of hitter. What do you mean? That was – that was the second highest home run total he ever had in his entire career. 38? Yeah. He had the 59. He had the 59. And before that, he had like two 37 um, home run seasons. Probably but in like every, 106 games. Yeah, it was like about 120. Yeah, right. But that's, so that's like a pace for 50 home runs. It's either like, yeah, but can he actually do that over a full season? Yeah. It's either, either you get like 40 home runs, in 120 games, or you get 40 home runs and 155. Games. 155, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna get like 38 home runs and you know high 90s or like low 100 RBIs with like a two 
68 batting average, which is pretty much exactly what he got. We got in his first year with the Yankees last year. Obviously he was riddled with injuries. You know, we'll see about that. Um, you'll get, you're going to get a lot of, uh, just like with judge and just like with Sanchez, you're going to get a lot of strikeouts that convince you like, can, am I, could I actually be an MLB player? <laughs> Some of their strikeouts are so bad. So bad. Oh my God. And yeah, Gary Sanchez is in shape now, in great in great shape. I mean, he's my favorite player, so I have I have a soft spot for for El Gary. Uh, I just want him to do good. I don't know, man. He's just I just have hope for him. He 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 uh, he's a great player. He's just got us. Stay. He gets in. So, he's so hot and cold. Like he'll get off to a forty-game streak where he looks like the greatest hitter you've ever seen. Every time he's so good at hitting, he's the best hitting catcher of all time. Well, maybe power. I, I'll I'll go with you for power hitter because. But yeah. even then, his average for his career is a little lower than it should be. But he'll have like sixty-game uh, streaks where he's hitting like two seventy-five. But then he'll have sixty-game streaks where he's hitting oh eighty-six. You're like, dude, what the hell is going on? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think he is gonna. The Yankees fans are on his case. Him and Stanton uh, probably probably are the uh, the whipping boys of, of the Yankees. Yeah, they're, they're just the ones who get the most shit from Yankees fans. Meanwhile, look, I I love Judge. He's a great player, but Judge has 50 game streaks where he hits like 125. Nobody ever yeah. boos him ever. And so it's like he's supposed to be the next Jeter. We can't. I know, can't get him on the bad side. But people, but I'm saying every obviously every fan base has their favorites. It's like uh, there's that hilarious meme of um, you know Gordon Ramsay, and, and yeah. he's going around. They have all these clips from whatever show he's on, and he's just these the, these chefs. They do a bad job. He's like screaming in their face, telling them how terrible they are. Then like this little girl messes up her like muffin, and he's like, you know what, sweetheart, you're gonna be a superstar. And then so they, they uh, there's like a meme of uh, Yankees fans, how Yankees fans react to different Yankees players. And then it, it, this was from like two years ago. And it'll be like, you know, he's screaming at uh, two chefs for screwing up. And it'll be like, you know, Greg Bird and Clint Frazier. And it's like, you guys are the worst. Get out of my kitchen. And then it's like, uh, you know, DJ LeMayhew and Aaron Judge, like when they mess up. And Gordon Ramsay is like, it's okay. You're going to get through this. We still love you and support you. And it was, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. really, really, great really great meme. Um, but yeah, I mean, in in terms of people who are not going to be playing for the Yankees, Domingo Herman, our, oh our old friend. Remember our ace from last season, if you remember for, for a while? Um, 18 wins. 18 wins. Is he, he didn't necessarily have the ERA to match all the wins he was getting, but he got a lot of wins. But um, yeah, obviously he had the like domestic violence incident with his apparently slapped his girlfriend at like a, a charity gala. So he got suspended for the end of last season. And then his, he has 63 games left on his suspension. So that's going to be enough to take him through all of um, this regular season, but he would uh, have um, the availability to return. This article I'm saying would be game four of an ALDS if the Yankees made it to the ALDS. So I wonder if they would, you'd figure why not? Like, um, if he served his suspension and that's just, you're always looking for extra pitchers in the postseason. So even if it's just like long relief or something, I wonder if he would, if he would return that this season. But my point is that he put out like an Instagram story, basically saying he's retiring from baseball. I'm walking away. And then like 22 hours later, he's like, whoops, uh, I didn't mean it. Uh, So maybe obviously, I mean, he's suspended and it's, I'm sure it's tough for him being away from baseball. And so he probably has mood swings and stuff. He probably didn't mean it. Like, 
when I saw it, I was just like, is this why? Like, why would he do this? Is to, I, I have a hard time feeling this is real. And lo and behold, he's he seems like he's back. Yeah, Josh Boone said that he doesn't Josh know. Boone? <laughs> I said that like so. I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, but who the why? I'm trying to think. There's he's like Brett Nets. Boone. Remember Brett Boone on the Mariners? Like so, Josh, Boone. Josh. Josh Boone is an old Nets player. He's yes, Nets player. from UConn. Cornrows. From UConn with the Cornrows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Josh Boone. <laughs> I was always a fan of Josh Boone. I thought he was a scrappy guy. <laughs> Every time I see Boone, I just think Josh. Uh, I just think Josh. But um, Aaron Boone said that. I know he's in the States visiting his child right now. Beyond that, I don't really know much. I just heard something like that talking about his retirement. And I don't have much to say on the situation. And then Gary Sanchez said that, who is apparently a close friend of her mom, just said that he hasn't heard from him in a while. Um, and doesn't really know anything. So everyone's just left in the dark, uh, and then they have no idea what the heck is going through this guy's head. Um, but he is back. Yeah, he's back in less than 24 hours. So he's ready to go, I guess, now. For whenever he comes back, whenever his return is. Yeah. Hey. And um, also one, one more final baseball point. The Blue Jays can't play in Canada this year. So apparently right. they're going to play in Buffalo, which I think is like – a triple there's like a stadium in buffalo for some reason because like they were trying to get an mlb team i think or they used to have like a triple a team there or they do have a triple a team something like that i saw it was like buffalo or they might play in florida but that's uh that's pretty interesting one thing i don't going back to like how the testing is working so well what are the players doing like are the players like they're going to yankee stadium every day so like are they living in their apartments are they all up in like the same hotel are they at their houses like how is this testing working? So I guess they they just go to the stadium, but then they have to like stay inside their apartment or stay inside their house. I don't know. It's because they're not doing like a bubble that like you know M- NBA is doing. So it's interesting that it's working so well. At least knock on wood up until this point. Right, right, yeah. So yeah, they don't need the bubble. I guess they're better than NBA players. They're healthier. I don't know. Who knows? Oh. And what about, I guess, because we're, we, we, we've been recording for quite a while, why don't we just end on this? Um, I'm sure that you, you've been waiting to talk about this. There was a report that uh, Mark Jackson is the preferred oh, candidate God. for Nets head coach by Kevin Durant. What do you think about that, huh? Katie wants Mark Jackson to coach the squad. Mama, right, there so goes that man. There's some, there's some positives. Okay, yeah, get, get those positives. One positive is that, in this case, we won't have to see hear Mark Jackson commentate on any games anymore. That's fair. That's fair. The, but the negative is that as a Nets fan, we'd probably I'd probably have to listen to his post game interviews, and they'd be just as bad, but just less. You know, it would just be less because obviously, you know, coaches don't do two hour segments. I'm talking about how um, fat Zion is on his debut. <laughs> In his second game, <laughs> and how you think uh, how you think John Moran is way better? <laughs> like, oh, oh thanks, God. dude. That really got me excited to watch Zion. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like they want uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie want a submissive coach. Who well, maybe they, I, I, would, I don't know if I would say submissive because I don't know if that's Mark Jackson's sort of uh, style. I think they just want a quote unquote players coach. 
what is a player's coach? Just a, a coach. Yeah, I guess you could say what is a player's coach, just not a, if not a, a coach who just get alongs with the players. But I think right. Doc Rivers, I would say, is sort of a player's coach, but nobody would accuse Doc Rivers of just like doing whatever his players. I think he, that he's got to be able to establish he got he has to have like enough cachet to like sort of lay down the law and be like i'm in charge here but also be able to like relate to the players where they don't think like he's just some you know random guy who doesn't respect them or can't understand them you know he's a former player so uh, right off the bat there's going to be some level of you know being able to relate and respect exactly so i think that could be a huge part of it but at the end of the day you need a coach who's actually good at coaching and it's like the warriors was ty lu a good coach i think ty lu is actually a good coach i think he's underrated i think there was a lot of memes um uh when he was coaching the Cavs because people would look to him on the sideline and he would kind of have like a blank stare on his face but like we don't let's not let's be real we don't know which coaches are doing what so it's like oh we're we're judging it based off like what does he look like on the sideline like oh he made a funny face Ty Lue doesn't know what he's doing you know the the Cavs won a title I'm sorry you can't be a bad coach and win a title I think I mean maybe you could be maybe maybe you could be like a below average coach and win a title but I don't think you could be flat out bad and win a title so I think Ty Lue's a good coach. I, if Ty Lue was coaching the Nets, I think he's better coach than Mark Jackson. The only thing I um, say for Mark Jackson is like my only point, like I said, I don't pretend to know all these tactics and strategy and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the the um, the, the Warriors had a good defense in Mark Jackson's last year, right? So he was able to establish a good defense, but – they were like average on offense, even though they had Clay and Steph on their team. So that speaks to me as somebody who is not getting the most out of his players offensively. Not only that, the next year in Steve Kerr's first year, obviously they rocketed it up from like average offense to like, I I don't remember exactly, but either the best offense or right up there. And their defense also improved from like whatever, fifth to like third or second. So I don't know. That doesn't really bode well for me. If it's like a new coach, and obviously that was a part of the career where like Steph and Clay are just going to be getting better and better, and Draymond are going to be getting better just by virtue of getting older. But I don't know. I don't. Mark Jackson doesn't strike me as an amazing coach. Who knows? I wouldn't mind having Jason Kidd coming back. Wow. What about Jason? The report that Jason Kidd wowed Knicks executives. Oh, I mean, I'm not surprised. He seems like a Jason Kidd seems like a great interview. Like he's just a charming guy. Yeah. I mean, I think LeBron said there was like it wasn't official, but there were some rumors that LeBron wants Kidd to be the head coach eventually for the Lakers. I feel like that was rumored at the beginning of the season, but it's kind of was that recent? Mm, I mean, not well, no, because the news was slow. So I mean, it was like a couple months ago, but. Yeah, I think that was sort of like a rumor, but like unconfirmed. But just because like, you know, Jason Kidd has been a former head coach and pulled the whole thing with the Nets going to the Bucs. Um, I think there's just like an idea that Jason Kidd wants to be a head coach, not an assistant coach. Then pair the fact that LeBron and Jason Kidd played together. But, you know, Frank Vogel held down the fort. So I think that sort of died out when like the Lakers obviously were playing so well. Jason Kidd was the guy who said that Giannis was going to play point guard. I mean, he's basically right. Do you remember that? <laughs> um, but he didn't. He wasn't as successful, which it just could just be that Giannis was raw. Because like the next year after Kid left, that's when like Giannis like broke out from like star to like megastar. And it, it's kind and of a similar to discussion as you're saying to like uh, Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. 
Jason Kidd to right. Mike Budenholzer? Was it the coach? Was it the, like you're saying, just the progress of the player growing into their prime? Was it a little bit of both? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Cause I mean, when Kidd was coaching the Nets, I actually thought he was a good coach. He was actually very creative with the plays. And there's never any rumors about him losing the locker room or anything. So, you know, who knows? He seems like a player's coach. Obviously, he was a great point guard, um, you know, very smart basketball mind. People seem to enjoy him, but I haven't heard any rumors about him, you know, the Nets looking at him. So I'm not sure if he's on the table or I don't know what's going on with that. There really haven't, hasn't been, besides Mark Jackson, Ty Lue, um, that's pretty much all. That's like pretty much the the two names that are circled on the Nets board. But it, I don't think they're going to make it. They're not going to make a decision to the offseason. You know, maybe, you know, obviously there's been rumors about Greg Pop. He's been on. Uh, Mostly coming uh, from Ryan Barbara. Well, they talked about it on like SportsCenter or whatever shows they have on, on that on ESPN now. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. That that would pro- that would obviously happen in the off season, and you know, who knows? They they're very quiet about you know their targets, so we you can't really say anything until it's actually done. So that that goes for that, and yeah, we talked about Jamal Crawford. Um, yeah, I mean that's yeah, I, th- I would say that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think I, I think, think we hit everything we needed. We uh, next week, no, in, in two podcasts, we get to talk basketball, but we will get to talk some baseball next on the next pod. Yeah, I mean, that's so. gonna be good. I mean, who knows? The Yankees could be what three and oh, or or two and oh by the time, probably three and oh, because they're gonna be playing like every single day, so they could be yeah. three and oh by the next time we're talking, which would be great, great news. So, sports are coming back, so and we never left, we never left, so which is the most important thing. Yeah, we never left. Some people were saying uh, we should have left, but you know what? We don't listen to those people. Yeah, we don't listen to the doubters. We stay grinding and producing content. That's just how it is. And that's how it's going to be. There you go. Boom. Peace. Oh, see ya. <laughs>